What about the racing on the weekend? It was the James McDonald and Huey Bowman show. They were going toe-to-toe, weren't they, at Rose Hill. We had in Victoria the Pakenham Cup, and we also had in the West a really good performance. Again, Mr Peters winning uh, a big race, but not the result that plenty of punters were wanting with Western Empire going down there in that Kingston Town Classic. I think we are waiting for a few of us to join, but we do have Dean Lester there. Dino, good morning to you, mate. How was your weekend there at Pakenham? Yeah, it was good, Dave. Thanks. Uh, it's, you know, it's our newest track and probably uh, outside of the, the city tracks, clearly the best track and uh, it raced well and it was a good meeting. When you say it's one of the best tracks down there, what is it about? Is it just the particular way of its design? Is it the grass coverage? Is it the, the drainage they've done on the, the track when they reinstalled it? I think a bit of everything. It's a blank, it was a blank canvas. It was, you know, in 2012, they turned the first, uh, bit of dirt and, uh, it was just, uh, it was hundreds of acres of land and they said, well, how are we going to put a track in here? And, uh, and they, they, uh, consulted a lot of people with the design and, uh, I think they've come up, uh, pretty well. So, you know, and then as you said, with Canberra and the knowledge we've got of drainage and things like that and they, they don't over race it in winter and, uh, it's a, it's you know it, it's a workhorse now through from uh, October through to April so and it's a terrific track. Yeah, uh, we've got Brad Davidson joining us on the line. Brad, good morning to you, mate. Uh, Rose Hill, I mentioned it was the James McDonald and Huey Bowman show. They were going toe to toe in some of these races, and we're very privileged to uh, to be able to watch it every Saturday. Yeah, you're right, Dave. Morning to you. Morning, Dino. Morning, everyone uh, listening, and to to Chris and Richie when they join later on as uh, well. But, um, yeah, you're right. It was uh, the Hugh and James show there on the weekend. But uh, good track racing. It's always uh, good at this time of the year. And you're right, we are spoiled to have these types of riders. You know, carnivals are finished, but they're, they're, they're still riding at the moment, which is uh, which is great. And some, some nice wins there on the weekend that no doubt we'll touch on throughout the show. Chris Roots joins us as well. Chris, uh, not only have you been following the races, but also the Inter-Dominion uh, last night. You're up there at uh, Newcastle. That series unfolding. But uh, what about uh, you know some of the performances on the weekend, which we will touch on, but, uh, geez, um, really loved uh, that win of Starman, who looks like it's going, of course, up to uh, the Magic Millions. Yeah, good morning, Dino, Brad and Dave. It was a great day I'm looking for for what was basically the in-between Saturday that bridges us from the never-ending spring to our summer racing with um, the Villiers on next weekend for 750000 Starman was very impressive, and we're really looking at these Magic Million horses now, trying to find the two-year-old winner and three-year-old winner, and he's got a bit to give, I think, that horse. Richard Bell joins us as well from the West. Uh, big panel today, but we're going to touch uh, all corners of Australian racing as summer rolls on. And, uh, Rich, not the result that punters were wanting there with Western Empire, although if they did uh, have something on, I'm sure they were cheering after Regal Power got the Kingston Town victory. Well, he's a top-quality horse, Regal Power. He's won some big races, of course, over on the Eastern Seaboard. And he's got massive state money now. And Bob has been saying for the last three or four weeks, this horse is absolutely flying. And he really gave it a big knockout chance of beating Western Empire. Western Empire, in a sense, his grand final was the railway stakes. Um, he was very cramped odds. And it was interesting, even after he drew wide, he continued to firm in. And that barrier at the 1800 is very tricky. And it proved costly, of course, by making the decision to sort of press reasonably forward as opposed to dragging back straight away. And he, he would have got in there because um, Carberry would have let him in with regal power. So he would have been... He wouldn't have been last. He would have been second last. He probably would have rounded them up and, and won the race comfortably. It just it wasn't Pike's weekend, 
And um, in fact, he rolled up on Sunday at Pinjarra and got beaten the nose on the odds on favourite at his first ride. He ended up winning one race family remiss at the end of the card, but um, it was a weekend to forget for Willie, and he, he also copped 17 days suspension, so he'll miss the uh, Ted uh, Van Hamps in two weeks, which is a big classic race over here, and uh, we'll see him back for the uh, Perth Cup. What did you make? Let's touch on it because we are talking about it. I'll come to you yeah. here, Dino. I know you keep an eye on uh, the the WA racing. And, of course, it was our uh, it was the feature race, really, across uh, across the country, wasn't it, uh, with its status? What did you make of the Group 1 Kingston Town Classic, Dino? Oh, I mean, it was a very pedestrian tempo uh, for a start by uh, the standards of these races. And then they built and... Uh, he was always going to be the hunted, as Richard said, from that draw. Uh, he might have been able to drag back and, and win. Uh, he may have been able to sit three wide and win, but three wide and bumping and trying to get in and going in on that sharp angle early in the race was pretty aggressive riding. And uh, I just thought got the horse out of a, out of a rhythm and uh, never really recaptured it, uh, to be honest. Uh, he, he ran you know, well enough, and then the actual interference was for that... Uh, incident late in the race so uh, yeah it was a, a it wasn't ideal for the short price favorite but regal power i think uh, paddy carberry was the opposite he kept it simple point a to point b kept out of trouble and let the horse you know use his turn of foot late and he ran the third best last 200 of the meeting to, to zip home and win do we know with the weather pattern too on the day and, and well yeah. it's the case of lucky bob isn't it all year round uh, but that was uh, easterly early on, and then the southwesterly came in, and it really suited horses coming from midfield and, and behind. And it, um, it's surprising that Regal Power did get out for such a big price. Just Richard, you're on the tra- you're on the ground, obviously over there in Perth. What was the wash up um, during the with the Perth racing community on the, that news last week with Grant and Alana Williams, uh, and the fact that they're obviously spreading their wings and going to create that satellite stable down there in Victoria? I mean, uh, it, what a I asked Grant about was maybe the prospect of we may see possibly the, their name in the form guide. Well, you think we would if they've got the horse quality up here in Sydney over autumns and spring to come. Was that a surprise in Perth? No, I think it's been anticipated for a while. The rumour mill has been out as well about uh, you know maybe um, things not going incredibly smoothly between between Bob and and, and the Williams. Bob's very pedantic and he's, he's a brilliant operator. He's meticulous, and um, you know so he's not probably the easiest. In the, if you're training for Bob, you know Bob's got such a handle on things, and he's really quite hands-on. Um, it takes its toll after a while, especially if you've got if you've got the ability of Grant and Alana Williams, incredible horse people, who are just going to always make it to the top. There's always that search for them to to spread their wings out and not be so, you know, hamstrung. Um, you know, you end up uh, almost straight-jacketed in a sense, and you, you just everyone wants to break out of that kind of situation. Um, so you know, they've got a bit of leeway now. Uh, he's going to have incredible horsepower over there. You know, you've got Graceful Girl, a brilliant sprinter, three-year-old Treasure Star, Western Empire, Regal Power. So I think it's going to be a, a brilliant couple of years for the Williams team over on the Eastern Seaboard. And what Dino, will they will they come across Dino? To yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's been virtually announced. That, uh, it's just a matter of where they set up. They've uh, used Bendigo as a bit of a base in previous visits. Uh, and, oh no, uh, I mean, sorry, mate. I mean sorry. the horses, like the as, oh, in, as yeah. is a confirmation. Do, do we think these like Western empires and that I will make? Yeah. It? 
we I don't didn't know. know. I didn't know that was a, a given. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of big stories at the moment. You mentioned, uh, Richard, you mentioned William Pike's form on the weekend. Is there, is there a, sto- a story brewing with William as well? There is a bit of a story, and you know the rumour mill has been going around regarding the the vaccination situation as well. Mm. So I'm not I'm not completely all over it. So I wouldn't want to comment too much on that. But I think this little 17 day break, Dino, you know, might have come at a pretty good time. Okay, maybe there was a lot of that's what that make, it makes sense with the rumour old mill that a couple of weeks ago when we saw him in that railway that. Um, that emotion. He's not usually like that, Willie, but he was up uh, roaring. Um, let's come back to Sydney. Uh, Davo, let's get a comment here, and I'll get to you to chime in as well, Chris, on the back of this. But there's a couple of texts on the text line about this star man. Um, punters looking at the Magic Millions, wanting to know your thoughts. I mean, what did you make of this sprint race? It was classic McDonald versus Bowman, wasn't it? It was, yeah. There was there was uh, nothing between them. And he was, he was good the way he was able to fight off the canvas late in the piece there, Starman. I thought it was a uh, a good move to sort of get going early on this horse and and, and get into him and and you'll you'll notice that uh, with James McDonald in, in a lot of his rides is is that you'll really see J Mac get beaten by going too late. If anything, it's too early. And and you ask, what would you prefer? And, and as a punter, I would always much prefer a horse go too early than too late because at the end of the day, you want to use all the the energy a horse has. And if you go too late, you're not doing that. And sometimes when you go too early, a horse just has that bit extra and is able to keep on going. And, and that's what uh, Starman was able to do here. He, he looked like Sacramento, he looked like he had him cold there at the, at the 100, but able to fight off the canvas and, and get the job done. Overall time out of the race was, what, about four lengths below par, but that was mainly due to the, the soft early, early tempo. Uh, they scooted home the last 200, three and a half lengths above. So it was a good effort by Sacramento to make up the, the margin, whether that's the, the right form going towards the, the Magic Millions. We'll see how that all fits into the into the puzzle. He'd have to probably take a, another step forward off that, but a solid win all the same. And, um, yeah, what's it? The fight he showed late in the piece. Chris, what did you make of the performance of Starman, mate? He, he did get a going early, James, but he really had to with the pace in the race. It was one of those ones where if he didn't get going when he did, it, that's probably where he won the race. In the end, it's first first run as a gelding for Starman, and coming back back as a gelding always showed a lot of a lot of ability. And it's part of the Cornwall Syndicate that um, includes Home Affairs, and they've got some really nice horses horses there. Now he's um, he he had every right to get beaten at the hundred. He just looked like he was out on his feet. And James just listened to him. He's, he's riding in tremendous form. I think it was three wins in six seconds on the weekend. If you're on the, some of the six seconds, you might be a bit dirty on him, but Jeez, he rode well all day, and that was probably more down to James, James than the, and a bit of the horse rather than the horse and a little bit of James. And confirmed to go to the Magic Millions, Chris Starman. I think he's on on his way there. Like that, they'll um, with Chris, he's he's used this meeting in the past as sort of a staging point. They like to have two or three runs into that Magic Millions meeting with their horses, so um, he'll be. He'll he'll be he'll be one. I know Cornwall will want to have runners there because they'll be up there spending up big, and they they'd like to get a little bit of extra money to pay for the yearlings they're going to buy. Now, what's exactly happening too with James McDonald, Chris? Um, because we had uh, our Queensland correspondents on last week, and they were sort of saying, "Well, no, no, he'll be here to ride Cool and Gatter in the lead-up races, but he's also meant to be going to Hong Kong. Is he is he is he going to Hong Kong one hundred percent?" He's got, he went to Hong Kong today, I think, and okay. he's, uh, he's not going to ride on 
on international day. He's going to ride in the Jockey's Challenge and then he's going to come back because of the requirement for um, quarantine to go back into Queensland. He has to be back 14 days to to do that. So I think he's coming back straight after it and um, he'll do um, self-isolation quarantine, I'd say, to be ready to ride Gallangatta. So we, we won't see him for the rest of the month, I wouldn't think now. So that'll be... Uh, That'll give um, a couple of other jockeys a, a, a um, chance, but you know, I know James would be very keen to have that little break and freshen up before Magic Millions. So he'll he'll fly back into Sydney. Then he won't go straight from Hong Kong to Brisbane. He'll come home to Sydney. I'm not sure where he where he's flying back into, but I know he had to to ride on the 26th when Colin Gatter goes round. He had to be back 14 days. I think that was the that was the, that was what he had to do to be able to ride ride at that meeting. All right, no dramas. Uh, now, I'll bring uh, you into this, Dino, because we had the Pakenham Cup. Jamie Carr, back uh, in the saddle and uh, getting home. I tell you what, the pub, abs- the pub I was at, absolutely loved Jamie getting the victory in the Pakenham Cup on Smoke and Roman. It was a lovely ride, too. Yeah, it was, and he's uh, just a tremendously consistent horse. He, he, I think he's run first or second his last eight runs or so, and he's he's just so uh, reliable that he puts himself in a good spot. Uh, Jamie uh, made sure of that, and... Uh, yeah, he was too good. Uh, good idea, ran well. Team captain, okay. Man, K and okay. But he's a good uh, second string stayer. And I heard Dave Eustace this morning mention he might go to the bag at New Year's Day and then freshen up and get ready for a race like the Adelaide Cup. And that's exactly where he's at. He beat last or this year's Adelaide Cup winner in good idea. So uh, he's going very well, smoking Romans. And as you said, good to see Jamie uh, back um which waited till the feature race to win. She'd had a frustrating run, I thought, uh, Mornington and Mooney Valley Friday and Friday night, but uh, got that uh, winner on the board. Just out of that Pacman Cup, Dino, in a twinkling, um, the Lindsay Smith train balls now and have some great form in New Zealand. What's the situation with this horse at the moment? It hasn't really been putting it on the board. Yeah, he's a real, he's a genuine stayer, I think, Richard. And I I thought uh, they made the announcement... uh, going to be uh, more forward on um, Saturday and we had that tearaway leader but he actually didn't go that hard think we're due when you look at the figures so I think in a twinkling he's just either get to the front and, and roll along at his own gallop or get in a more truly run race because they uh, actually after about 400 metres they, they went a pretty steady speed and it was actually you know the, the, the sprint home might have been just a bit sharp for him but he's Previous two runs have been very good, so not giving up on him towards a, the baggot either. Uh, and there's probably one other horse that ran in a different race uh, there on Saturday that's going very well for the baggot as well on New Year's Day. All right, fantastic. It's 9.28, boys. We might take a quick break on Punters Postmortem. When we return, we're going to open the phone lines. 13.53.53 is the number. If you've got a question for any of our panel, a horse you split on the weekend that you'd like to ask them about, give them a call. 13.53.53, call now. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem. Yes, yeah, the summer edition of Punters Postmortem and your panel today, Brad Davidson, Chris Roots, Richard Bell and Dean Lester. And we're taking your calls now on 13.53.53. I think we've got Patrick on the line. G'day, Patrick. How are you going? Very good, mate. What's, uh, what's on your mind? Who's your question for? Oh, I just had one for Richard Bell. Yes, I was mate. just asking about if the ride on Willie Pike was really that hard because I was on regular, I must admit, for a stack, a furious run for a stack. And, um, but I didn't think it was too bad from Pike, to be honest. I thought if he went back, then 
like other jockeys would have just put him in a pocket and he wouldn't just never seen daylight, to be honest. What do we think, Richard? Yeah, he was drawn out, so I don't think that would have occurred. Um, I think he still would have been on the outside about second last and he could have gradually worked into the race from there and I, I think he would have won the race. So I, I do think Willie actually did get it wrong. He doesn't get, how often um, do you think he gets it wrong, Rich? I mean, it's is it just because all our attention is focused on him because he is that big fish in a in, in a small pond, so to speak, that saying? He, no, he rarely gets it wrong. He, now and again, he has a bad day where he'll put in two or three rides and you're thinking maybe he's just not quite switched on on the day, but it's pretty rare. But on Saturday, there was a couple of rides like he rode real danger a bit upside down as well, so... Yeah, things just didn't quite work out for him on the day. But it, it definitely, for me, with greatest respect to the uh, to the caller, um, I, I do think he got it wrong. And if he had it over again, he would have made the decision to go back. Let's get to Fred on the line. G'day, Fred. I'd, I'd like to talk to Dan Lester, if possible. Yes, yes mate. Mate, I'd like to congratulate you on your tipping in Adelaide of a Saturday, mate. You've saved the bacon the last three weeks. There have been three winners. You've been tipping at $1.90, $4.80 and $2.40. Mate, I hope you can keep up the good work coming into Christmas because uh, I have the highest regard and respect for you as one of the best tippers in the business. Good on you, Fred. Thank you. You're dead right. It has saved the bacon the last few weeks, that's for sure. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic, Fred. Thank you very, very much for that. Uh, all right. Cole's on the line. G'day, Cole. There you go, mate. Good, mate. Uh, I just want to talk about the second race at Mudgee on Friday. Did any of you see it? Yeah, I was there. What were you wanting to talk about, it though, from a form about perspective? The protests, mate. Uh, the protests, of, yes. It was one of the hottest things I've ever seen. Well, they made the decision. Um, obviously, you were hoping for it to be upheld. Well, mate, <laughs> as Blind Freddy could say, it should have been upheld. I mean, Richard Callender was saying it, and even the trainer of the winner said he thought he'd lose the race. Okay. Well, that's but your how opinion, they come mate. To that decision, I'll never know. But that's the beauty of the game, and that's the beauty of, I guess, stewards and protests. I mean, it's their decision. That's the decision they make. Sometimes you're on the right side of the ledger. Sometimes you're not. You can't argue with them. It's like arguing with the copper that you were going, you know, 74 in, in a, you know, a 70 zone, or, or and you think, oh, no, well, I was looking at the screen and I was going 70. You just can't. You can't. That's the decision. You've got to play by the, the rule. If you don't like it, well, what can we do? I, I can't spend, you know, the next half an hour bagging stewards for doing their job. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean, if if you done your job like that, I'd sack you. Well, you're not the you're not my boss, though. No, but if I was. Well, there you go. Well, if you're in, when you're in charge, you can sack that bloke if you want. That's your your up your opinion. Beautiful, Cole. Thanks for your call. I mean, do you boys agree with me? Like, because I mean, we've all been there in a, in a protest. I can't tell you how many times I've uh, been on the wrong side of a decision with the protest, but. It used to get me, you know, used to, I used to get fired up and go, oh, you know, fair income, this is a disgrace. But you can't really. I mean, Dino, you're in the same boat as me. You, you, it's just sort of wasted energy because you're never going to get it changed. You could, you know, argue your point until, you know, your nose bleeds. But at the end of the day, it's the referee's decision. Yeah, I mean, it's the grey area. Of, you know, the, the great thing about racing is it's, 
you know, first across the line. But when there's a protest, then it becomes the subjectivity of it. And, uh, you know, everyone's going, you know, we can all all be given the same bit of video and we can all interpret it differently. And that's the, that's the thing that, uh, yeah, you can waste a lot of energy on it. And, and you can get very frustrated. And I don't blame uh, the caller for being frustrated, no. but uh, not much is going to change. Just, yeah, exactly. just on that one, Dave, I was just uh, watching it again there. I, I think the caller has a fair uh, fair argument, though. I'd be a bit surprised that wasn't uh, upheld. Um, there wasn't much of a margin. The horse, second horse was coming on the line. And uh, I think if you were on the second horse as a punter, you, uh, yeah, you would have thought uh, probably would have been upheld. And uh, I would have, if I was commenting after the race there, I would have said probably 80 to 90% chance of being upheld. 100%. So, mm. And, and that was it was commented, I think, on... Well, it obviously was, because Cole mentioned Richard Callender. He, I know he was on the coverage with Jason Witham, and I know there was some chat on social media, and it's good to raise it, and we can we can have our opinion of, yep, well, I would have upheld it or, or whatnot, but I think we also have to then... I don't, I don't want to go down that, that path, which we sometimes can head, where, as uh, Dino said, that grey area, where you just start potting stewards and start potting people for the decisions they make. It's like the the referee that says, you know, was it was a head-high tackle when it, we all think it wasn't. I mean, we sort of just have to play on what the umpire says. We can all disagree. Um, you know, it's it's up to, as Cole said, about the boss. It's up to, the I guess, the boss of that steward to have a look and say, well, if, if there was a differing opinion, like they do with the referees in the footy when they have the match reviews and whatnot, well, you know, an error's been made. But at, at this stage, there hasn't, and away we go. You can't get fired up. I think we get fired up in our racing game about little things too much. And I, I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't use the, the phrase little things because we're talking about, you know, punters and money and, and whatnot. But we do seem to get real, you know, bees in our bonnet when things that are out of our control, we can voice and say, yep, want to change it, but we just can't. I mean, Chris, are you in that same boat with that and well, what we're saying? Most of those, I think a protest like that would have been, will be, be reviewed at Racing New South Wales. So they'll they'll have a look at it and, and have a look at all the angles. It's very hard sometimes when you look at the side on camera and see what happened until you look on look at all the angles they've got and things like that, which is which I know you only get briefly in on the coverage and but in the stewards room they go over these again and again and again. So that's that's one part of the thing. Like I still believe the Cox plate process should have been upheld but you know, we've we've moved on from that. That's the that's the beauty of the game, especially when you've had your money on and you you feel like you've been duped. You, I think you're you're entitled to entitled to be a bit upset, but eventually you've got to think there's another race on today at Tunkari that you're going to be betting on anyway. Let's get to our next caller, Mark's on the line. G'day, Mark. Good morning. I'd just like to uh, congratulate Robert Thompson on four thousand four hundred and forty-seven winners. An amazing achievement. And did anybody notice to run the PK's legacy on Saturday at Rose Hill? Yes, it beat me. I did notice. Yes, we noticed it. <laughs> <laughs> it was outstanding in the yard. So um, I ran in very smartly. What could yeah, happen next? Has anybody got an idea? I don't know what they're going to do with it. I mean, that was uh, Brad PK's legacy. What run was that in its preparation? Was it well into the prep, or was that only yeah. sort of second or third up? It was only third up there on the weekend. Yeah. So he, he looks like a horse that's going to uh, get a bit further off that as well. What he did there on the weekend. So you know, really relish getting up to the eighteen hundred metres. And as you said, Rousseau seemed to have the the race zone up there at the, at the two fifty, but uh, he was able to come on over the top of them and, and run really well. So again, you know, with 
it's Mark 72 level, so it's more that midweek to, to, to Saturday level, somewhere in between there. So, again, you, you know, you get up to 78s and races like that, they're, they're a lot, lot stronger. It is quite a jump, so we'll see how he goes. But uh, a nice win there, and, um, yeah, I'm sure if he can, can keep rising in distance, he's definitely got a future. Thank you very much. Thanks for your call, mate. Um, a couple of texts here. I'll come to you here, Chris. Uh, Welsh legend. Did J-Mac push the button a little bit too early on Welsh legend? Uh, or was he just travelling that good that he that he had to go? Well the, well, the race set up for him so well Well, when there was a bit of speed on up front. He was just coasting there in behind him, I think. He just pulled him to the center and let, it, let the horse go through its gears. Being one of those horses that can find a way to run second or third, and sort of have a flashing light on it. And I think the winners might be a really nice horse. It's now two starts in Australia for two winners, mm. Hutang, and um, it's, it's going to probably go to a summer cup. And whether we're looking at a horse that we might be seeing in the autumn in a Sydney Cup or something like that, because best form looks like it's going to be over a lot further, and I think it's a surprise to Snowden's how quickly it's come to hand. Chris, I felt that maybe Welsh legend was just one run short. I know he's been seen as a bit of a nonny, but I, I, I get the feeling there is a win in him possibly next start. I think he's a horse that he's at, at his level too. Like he's going to win, he's, he'll win his race, but I don't think there's three or four wins left in him. I think there's a couple maybe. Yeah, Chris is a master at getting these horses at their when they get to the level to win one or two more, and that's what I think. When you talk about great trainers, and it, it's the ability to get a horse that's maybe a say, a 78 horse to win a couple at 78 when they probably shouldn't. And it was just one of those runs where, you know, on the on the turn, you're just looking at it and going, well, everything's made the water for it here. It should just go away and win. I, I, I reckon, guys, it was a case of the, the winner just being a, a very, very good animal. I mean, it's a race where they've, they've jog-trotted about six lengths below average to the 400, so they've really set it up for a sprint home. And he's still been able to come from the back wetter and, and, and get home over the top of them. So he just looks like he's going to be a really nice horse over, uh, you know, we saw him over, over a France winner, 2,250 metres. So 2,400 over here is probably no issue at all. And I don't think it was the case of J-Mac going too early. When, when you've got that energy, because they've gone so slowly early, he's going to be able to keep on going to the line. And as Richie said, 1,400 to 2,000, she's always going to be that, that little bit of a query, that last little bit. So... Fitness-wise, might have just got her, but I think it was just wetter, a horse that's really in a good frame of mind at the moment. And, uh, gee, considering that the race shape and the, and the way he was able to pick him up late there, uh, he looks like a horse that's just going to continue to improve and, and win races in Australia. And you talked Beautiful. about it early, Brad, with Jay, Matt. You've just got to trust him when he makes a, a, that early move, which he, he often does, and, and sometimes it looks a little bit surprising, but he, he, he knows how the pace of the race is going. And it's amazing how many times he's made that early move, yet, still seems to have something in reserve. It's a bit like Gary Hall Jr. over here in the trots. He makes those early moves, and you think just before the corner, it's going to be a case of no, but then he lifts the horse. He finds that little bit extra. 100%. There's nothing worse as a punter than seeing a jockey sit there to the 200-metre mark and get beaten a nose, and then the, the horse is three lengths in front, 200 metres past the line. There's nothing worse than that. You'd rather it the other way around. So I agree with you 100%. Boys, we've got another caller on the line. I think we've got Mark. G'day, Mark. Yeah, morning, boys. Yeah, I've got a question for the panel and Dean. And just before I do, Dave, I seen that protest. Should I tell the punters they're not allowed to rant? Come on. That was disgusting. 
Nah, hang anyway. on. I'm not saying no, 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 Mark. I'm not saying they can't rant. I rant. want to rant, and I will rant. But I'm just saying, like, you can't. It's we, we can we can have the argument, and we can we can burr up. But there's no point, you know, spraying a bloke on Monday from a thing on Friday. It's got. It's up to his bosses and and whatnot to review. We can we can all have that opinion, and I believe I was there, mate. I was on the second horse. So you know, and I backed I backed it on the tab. So none of this protest payout stuff. So. I'm with you, but yeah. I yeah, I just don't want to get in a situation yeah. where we're sitting here for half an hour spraying, you know, the officials because we'll all get in trouble. So yeah, fair enough, but they're gonna they're gonna rant. They're gonna rant. Anyhow, uh, Steve, I don't know if you've seen a horse on Saturday, Jackson on time in Brisbane and finished second. If you're happy to see it uh, in Brisbane, no, I did not. No, have a look at it. Yeah, I think it's a pretty smart horse. I don't know much about it. It's only had one start and that was about 12 months ago, but yeah, I think it's a nice horse. You have a look at it when you get a chance. And uh, okay. in the Dominion in draw, anyone know when that draw is up? Yeah, that's on at 7.30 tonight um, for the Trotter. Trotter's the first and the Pacers, so probably decides the favourite for the, the Pacers Championship with um, King of Swing and Expensive Ego. It's been such a good series. Like um, We've had had the good horses doing remarkable things. I think I think they've broken in in both series. They've broken track records on every night. So you know that's that that just shows you the quality of the racing. And even though we haven't got all the good horses here because a lot of the Melbourne and New Zealand horses didn't come, come we're going to have one of the more exciting races of the year because I think everyone's been watching King of Swing and Expensive Ego, and you've got the old old dog and the and the young young gun coming up and they're going to clash on Saturday night and it, it is just going to be a great race. Who do you think, mate? I think uh, the draw will come down to the draw. What do you reckon? It, it will. If, if King of Swing draws the second line, he won't be favoured after the draw. That's what it comes down to. I know Luke McCarthy's very keen on him. He thinks he's still improving. I spoke to him after the heats last night and then he went 151-4 last night, which is just absolutely smashing the clock and looked like he was in second gear, but um, if he had to do the do the work of that expensive ego did last night, I don't don't know whether he he could have um, held off the horses that expensive ego that has. So I'm I'm tipping expensive ego at the moment until the draw. I, I think I think I think he's the one. I think he's he's been the best horse in the heat. David on the line. G'day, David. How you going? Good to speak to you. Just want to um, talk maybe Dean or one of the boys about Willie Pike's ride again. Um, I don't know what you think, Dean, but I think maybe... I remember um, Bowman this year rode a Farnham, I thought, went out. I don't remember that race. He went out for 10 lengths in front. Um, Gay Waterhouse had made a few statements that, you know, Farnham's a super horse. I'm just wondering, do you think Willie Pike just wanted to stay out of trouble and he just thought this horse is just a super horse and he could just sit three wide and win? Do you think that might have been part of the problem? He just thought it was a super horse. It didn't matter where it sat, it would win. I actually think the opposite. Uh, I think that he tried to push in and, and actually got the horse out of a rhythm. He tried to, and that's what the protest was about from the 1700 to the 1100 because he wanted, he just wanted to get into the one out position. And uh, I think he'd have been better to take his medicine and sit three wide and just worry about his own horse ra- and rather than trying to, to barge in. But, uh, you know, that's you know, where, from where he was early, it, it was really, uh, Quite, you know, the vision was quite spectacular. That first 150 metres, the angle he came in to try and get into one out, it was a pretty aggressive move, and I was really surprised he only got reprimanded for it. And then, uh, but he did get suspended later in the race. Okay, just um, but do you think sometimes, you know, I, I watch a lot of races. Do you think sometimes, like, 
when you watch a race, like it's easy for somebody like me or us guys to sit, you know, when we're on a couch or something, you know, criticising jockeys. But I guess if, I know you waste your money on it, you know, you can lose your money. But at some stage, some jockey's got to be three wide, some jockey's got to be last, you know. Sometimes I think we can be a bit unfair of them. Like it's easy when you're just sitting in the couch and I've got to make a split session what to do. You know, Yeah, I, I wouldn't have had a problem with him being three wide, but I, I had a problem with him trying to, you know, get the horse, you know, uh, the horse looked to me once he tried that manoeuvre early that he really, uh, you know, he over-raced for a bit and it was a steady tempo. I don't think he would have, if he'd sat three wide and not got into a bit of hustle-bustle early, I don't think the horse paid a huge penalty for it because they didn't go breakneck speed early and, and that's when you do pay a penalty for it. They started winding it up from about the 700 and uh, ultimately a very good horse ran him down. But uh, no, I just didn't like the early part where the, the horse seemed to be you know, being being put into a spot where he's, you know, he would have been better three and a half wide. He'd have been better at running his own race. Another thing I was wondering yesterday, um, in the last few years... Um, in Melbourne, why they it, the Werribee Cup? This doesn't worry me one little bit, really. I, I was just the Werribee Cup used to be twenty six hundred run on the Wednesday before the Melbourne Cup, and occasionally yeah, well, now, get a Melbourne Cup runner. Is there any reason? And now the Benico Cups. Run, is there any reason why that did Werribee agree to change it, or were they forced? Was there any reason why they stopped that? Because it was sort of yeah, a bit of a nice tradition for them. It's the quarantine centre. Uh, you can't ah. have people. You can't have people on the course. So it's the quarantine centre, and then. With the Pakenham Cup becoming 2,500 metres, uh, the uh, you know, Werribee Club agreed to going to 2,000 on the uh, on the Sunday. So, I mean, it could have been either or. Pakenham could have been at 2,000 metres and Werribee 26, but uh, that's how they've, they've settled it in the calendar and uh, and that's how it'll be. I do think, our, do you think, Dean, or the boy, do you think, I know there's a lot of crit, but I think maybe the some of our staying races have improved. Is, is that just my imagination that the... Like the Pugnam Cup this year was quite a good race. It's in my imagination, but I think our, our staying races have improved in the last year or so. Probably needed... It needed it, I don't think... Uh, yeah, I think the bottom end of it was OK. I think it needed a bit more of a top-end stayer. But, uh, yeah, look, we've got reasonable stayers, but we did see when it came to the absolute pressure of a Melbourne Cup where the middle-of-the-road stayers stand, and they're a long way behind that first four. We had an emerging horse like Floating Artist with very elegant Spanish mission uh, incentivised. So those four did beat the rest a long way. Beautiful, David. David thanks for your call. Jimmy Bowman's ride on the Waterhouse horse. He's got another inquiry. Brad, Chris might be able to answer this with uh, Tilliston uh, during the week, which went out with a, a massive lead, and Stuart's looking into that. Yeah, it's, I'm not sure when they're going to do that. It's um, probably be, be come out today whether... With those inquiries, sometimes it's where they do them that tells you how serious the how serious the case is. So we'll wait for the hear from Mark Van Gessel and where, when they're going to continue that inquiry. I know they'd probably be looking into betting and things like that. It was it, it was one of those runs that you know we look at you look at it and you go, well, we've got to find out a reason why it happened. And Stewards do a pretty good job of finding that out in Sydney. Beautiful. Thanks for your call, David. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, it's 9.52 on Sky Sports Radio. Jumping back, um, Dave, I'll bring you in here, mate, uh, to the Sydney Racing. A couple of texts here on the text line about the last race and your thoughts on Tamerlane. 
He's super, wasn't he? Uh, one of the runs of the day and, and definitely the flashing light run on, of the day. Uh, he had to go back from the wide draw. They, they rode him quietly there first up from a spell, which is no surprise there considering he's a horse that, that gets back off speed. Generally, last preparation in, in most of his runs towards the end of the prep at least. So he got right back there. He was aided by a, a strong tempo and a, a slow run home. They, they came home pretty slow the last uh, 400 metres, about four lengths below par. But he was still very strong late. He did a few things wrong. But once he got out uh, into clear air that last 100, 150, he really charged to the line. So he's a four-year-old. He was first up there on the weekend. He, he did good things last preparation, beating Silver Rose, who, of course, is come out and done a good job this campaign and, and then uh, bumped into more profits than guys that ran it before a break. So soft trial leading in and uh, a really good return there. You would think from a better draw next time out, he's going to be pretty hard to beat second up and no doubt will be many of Hunter's horse uh, to follow out of the meeting. He certainly will be. Um, we'll come back to you here now, Richard, because there's a couple of texts here in relation to Perth. The uh, win of, is it Lewa for Patrick Carberry and Simon Miller? What did you think of uh, Lewa? Well, first touching on Simon Miller, I thought it's a brilliant training performance by Simon on Saturday. I always tell myself I should take Simon Miller multis on some of these big days leading into carnivals and, and carnival time as well. Lewa is a tricky horse. Um, it needs uh, a soft draw. It needs to get a smother up. And Pat Carberry just gets on so well with this horse. And uh, back in trips are key for Lewa as well. Simon... Uh, showed his versatility as a trainer too on Saturday because he had uh, a couple of horses coming back in trip in Ballarat Road and Lewa. Ballarat Road came back from the railway 1600 hard run, was able to freshen it up and win the race over the 1400 metres. Magnificent training effort there and, and Lewa as well. And um, also Angelic Miss, he went the other way there. A lot of people were doubting Angelic Miss at 1400 metres, stepping up from the 1200. Flies home over the 1200, one of those horses that you think um, might not get the 14, even though it rattles home over 12. But uh, Simon did a great job to get it fit enough, ready for the 14. He got the cover into the race, and Angelic Miss stormed home to win. But Lee was a, a really nice little horse, and uh, potentially Simon could come over in the, in the autumn with a couple of nice horses. It's a Ray Day is another one who'll be set for 1,200, 1,400-metre races, potentially in the east. Um, and Valor Road could make another return. We've seen Valor Road win a stakes race in Adelaide as well, and and maybe Lewa could pop over and, and win a good 1,200-metre race as well. All right, beautiful. He was good, uh, Lewa, wasn't he? He was real explosive late. Like, I was with a bloke who backed him, and he, he was just waiting for, for it to happen. And when it did, it took me by surprise. It really stormed home, and he wouldn't be out of place in a in a nice 1,200-metre um, handicap out here. Over the yeah, definitely. And she beat, yeah, Phil, she beat the key to Lewa, but Cat's great with those sort of cuddle-up horses. Unfortunately, got it wrong in the railway with Cup Night. I reckon Cup Night should have won the railway. If you have a look at the replay, it's finished nearly, you know, 10th, uh, hopelessly bottled up. Um, I thought Pat got it wrong on that occasion. He should have been on the outside and he never should have gone to the fence. Cup Night's an interesting one. I'd love to see him in an Oakley play. Dino, you're going to chime in there? I was just going to say, with regard to Lewa, the, the effort there was that... Uh, uh, she beat the males. Uh, that's you know, and and always, yeah. uh, always very encouraging. And uh, and to, to do it, uh, you know, with the uh, carrying the penalty. So she was the, the the highest weighted horse in the race and beat males. It's a it's a good effort. And uh, yeah, I think uh, she ducks over for you know maybe a 
if she's uh, can freshen up for a race like the Kevin Hayes at uh, Caulfield or the Angus Armanasco, she could uh, she could make her presence felt in the East because. Uh, with the exception of Espiona, the Phillies ranks uh, in the spring were pretty uh, light, to say the least. Okay. Um, what about the Sydney flavour there, Dino, in Melbourne, with looks like Elvis? Very good. Gee, Preble was up in the honour. I mean, he, he loves a win, uh, Brett, but uh, he was very excited. Well, he made, like no, he, he made no secret of the fact that uh, he was rather dirty on getting the sack off uh, way to go Paula in that race. And uh, when asked after the race why he was so excited, he said... Nothing better than, uh, and I'm quoting him here, he said, nothing better than going past one that you've just got the arse off. So uh, he uh, did exactly that. Uh, went straight past way to go Paula and uh, and won well. And uh, I, Look, he'd been going well, looks like Elvis. And he, first time he'd been on a dry track since the Scone Cup, I think. So uh, in those uh, Vobus races, he only had one to beat, really, in New Long January. And he just didn't turn up first up. I thought he trialled well and he, he'd been uh, to the gallops at, the valley and a few places and it looked to be really going well but uh, he gave little and uh, so it was there for looks like Elvis to uh, to get the money you know was the case there was it case there Dino that um, the first three place getters as opposed to the way to go caller had all had runs over 1600 metres had that solid foundation whereas way to go caller maybe didn't have that yeah, and she's a 68 rater uh, in a set weight race, uh, not getting enough weight. Uh, she, she'd have been an t- absolute good thing in the 1,400 metre mares race, race two, but yeah. they chased a little bit extra money uh, and I think uh, just got caught a bit short there with the way to go, Paula. I think, you know, she's a nice mare, but uh, real sensations are, are really, you know, he's going to be a good summer horse and winning partners been going through the, you know, the uh, Vobus series and the the Country Cups in Adelaide, so they're seasoned. They're they're, they're hard heads, and uh, and they were probably just a little bit more seasoned and good for her uh, late in the race. Just I think on, um, looks like Elvis did run fifth in an Epsom, so you know that's yeah. the sort of quality yeah. you're looking at. Like it's not, it hasn't been. It's it's just been off that really top level. So you know, found a race on a dry track and um, just went down there and did the job. I just want to ask uh, Dino. I mean, up here in Sydney, you're you know, you, you, J Mac is your most in demand. Everyone wants a piece of J Mac to ride their horses. Is it Jamie Carr now? She's back there in Melbourne. Is she the number one seat, or do you think it it should be someone else? Oh, I think it's uh, to me. I think Damien Lane's the, the the purest rider down here at the moment. Uh, and yeah, Jamie Carr's obviously going to be in very high demand. Uh, she, you know, horses do go beautifully forever, but for mine, Damien Lane's. Uh, the, the man at the moment, uh, we've had Brett Preble, Damien, um, Daniel Moore have really good spring carnivals and, uh, you know, Craig Williams is chipping around the edges. Ollie's still right in the, you know, the firing line. The premiership race is very even at the moment. There's only about four winners between four riders. And uh, I think the rider that's riding in maybe nearly the best form at the moment, uh, outside of the, the main names, is Jamie Mott. We saw him on sound last week when the Zipping Classic and he's right on Lyrical Ad in the first. It was favourite. But he just timed that run beautifully. And you've got to do that when you've got 61 kilos on on their backs. And uh, he just brought that horse into the race beautifully. And Jamie's in the absolute peak of his powers at the moment.
He certainly is. Uh, let's get some horses to follow, boys. You can throw some out. Uh, Dino's uh, got his. I might come to, to Dino first. I know I'm putting the other boys on the spot here. So, Dino, your horses to follow from Saturday that you think we can make a quit out over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think they're going to be all good summer horses. Dave Groovy kind of love ran second in the mare's race. I mentioned earlier, race two, she came from back. Damien Lane rode her. She just missed. She was coming back from 1,800. So I think probably the absolute sweet spot for her is 1,600. So uh, I want to be with her. Real sensation. As I said, he ran in that uh, looks like Elvis race. And he's he's already a Flemington winner, but he's a fairly lowly rated horse. So at the weights, he was badly treated. He ran very well. So Flemington, 1,600 for him coming up. And... Uh, I mentioned that, you know, the likes of Smoke and Romans, good idea, team captain will probably go to the baggot. The one that might join them out of the last race is a horse called Wycliffe. Uh, he had very little luck in that race. He had top weight. He got badly held up just when he needed to build momentum, and he went to the line well, and he won the Port Adelaide Cup last preparation. I think Danny O'Brien's got him right on track for the baggot. So, uh, yeah, so we're uh, groovy kind of love, real sensation, and Wycliffe. What do you want to follow uh, Davo out of the Sydney meeting? Look, I think uh, Tamerlane's the, the obvious one there, if I was to follow one horse. But I'll, I'll mention a few right throughout the, the card that I thought ran well. Saigon, in, earlier on in the day, produced the best last 200. was a really good return by her. She looked on track. Laughing or crying, just got put out of the race in the, in the highway. Complete forgive. I know it's about 11th up now, but it might be one that goes around the 50s or 60s next time out, but the bookies might miss off that run. Mr Mosaic was super fresh win when taken on in the lead. Uh, Welsh, Welsh legend will be ready third up. Weta was the win of the day for me. And then even horses like Casino Kick can go back in grade. Brutality just needs a bit further in a wet track. And as I said, Tamerlane, I thought, was probably uh, the flashing light one of the day. Beautiful. Chris, your horses to follow, mate? I thought White Hart Half Falls is the horse to follow out of the meeting. I thought it was a very strong win. I think Francesco Gardi is going to be a horse that's going to drag a few in. You're probably going to have to take a shorter price than you should next start again. But I think both of those horses going forward are going to probably win races across the summer. And um, place ride, I think you'll see that maybe those two horses running in um, black type company eventually next year. And Richard, what about it in the West? Some horses to follow. Well, the Mare series continues and they'll step up to 1600 and then the 1800. And I think the horse to follow out now is She's a Charmer. Had absolutely no luck. Pat Carberry got it all bottled up there at the 200 metre mark. And uh, with clear galloping room, I think this mare can win a um, 1600 metre mare's classic at its next start and potentially the 1800 as well. And just one in Melbourne, uh, Dino might uh, know this horse pretty well. Neighbourhood uh, didn't really have a chance to really stretch out. Uh, it was getting its head to one side as it often does. It, it damn is actually called help. And I think maybe the blinkers could do the trick. Do you agree, Dana? Uh, yeah, look, she's right on the... Uh, she'll go one way or the other in the next couple of runs neighbourhood. <laughs> she's right at peak fitness now and she'll fire and it's often down the straight at Flemington. Uh, so it might be there in the next couple of weeks. We're racing there the next two Saturdays uh, or she'll uh, she'll be a constant frustration. I'm I'm sort of uh, sitting on the, on the fence a bit with neighbourhood. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being a part of Partners Postmortem Summer Edition. We were going to have Glenn Munsey this morning, but uh, he got tied up, so we had uh, Davo and Richard jump in the chair. Really appreciate you guys uh, coming in at short notice. Uh, Dino, we'll see you next week. Uh, we'll have a re- revolving panel over the next couple of weeks as summer approaches and uh, Christmas, and it's going to hopefully be great for the punters. Thanks, gents. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Bye.